I want to mine, if you don't mind, if we mine together a little today. Let's go on a mining trip. We do some weird stuff together. Yesterday we watched a little film together, and today we're going to mine together. If you don't mind, we pass by diamonds every day in our morning. Today we're mining. Not a, we'll frack, we'll frack too, we'll get to that, he's right. But today I want to mine a little. We pass by all the time pearls every morning, and sometimes we're like a little sleepy, but we pass by pearls. If you don't, if you're a little indulge me, I want a little bit like stop and like dig a little and dig a little, enjoy a little bit. It's funny, I remember my Rebbe describing that he said us and Reb Miller could both walk to shul in the morning. And we're so busy and so rushed and so pressured and so overwhelmed, we don't see like all the gifts Hashem gives us. He described Reb Miller's walk to shul. He's like hugged and kissed by Hashem the whole way as he passes by a magnificent flower, a beautiful bug, a pretty bird. He's like blessed the whole way. He was sometimes too busy. I ran into Durham the other morning. I came flying in. And way before the guard stopped me with that little rope, a bluebird, I saw on the side a bluebird right in front of the entrance, a blue jay. Beautiful blue jay right in front. I came to a screeching halt before the rope. I got to enjoy a blue jay the other day. So I want to find some, I want to discuss some blue jays that we pass by in the mornings. I would like to really bring out four things. Maybe we'll have Siat Nishmai, we'll get to more, and maybe we'll talk about a few of them so long. We might not even get to all four, but my plan is to talk about four pearls, four blue jays along the way that we read in the morning. Number one is the first blessing, the first bracha, and all the brachas, those beautiful brachas. We say, Baruch atah Hashem lekeinu melech haylam, shenasan lasechvi. Thank you, Hashem. We'll translate sechvi as the rooster. You gave the rooster bina, the discernment, the wisdom, the understanding, lahavchen ben yom ben layla. That rooster knows when it's night and knows when it's day. The rooster, the little rooster, 
He's not the most intelligent creature in the world, but the rooster has the intellect to distinguish between night and day. How do I know? It's the first thing you hear in the morning. The roosters make loud noises. And as you're awakened by the rooster's noises, you say, thank you, Hashem, that the rooster differentiates between night and day. Some translate lasechvi, not as the rooster, but our intellect. But of course, either way you translate it, if the rooster knows that they don't say night and day, so then us human beings who are far superior intellectually to roosters, we can be mavchen, we can distinguish. Why am I so excited? Viggy said, why am I so fired up? The, the alarm clock goes off. Thank you, Hashem, for alarm clocks. Why are you so fired up about the rooster acknowledging night and day? We're certainly amongst the things we are saying to Hashem, most definitely, is we're thanking Hashem for an incredible brain. The mind is remarkable. I have come to the conclusion that every single human being is brilliant. And intellect is so broad and there's so many areas of intelligence. But I just see in yeshiva, I've never met a guy who's not brilliant. Everybody has perspective and every, the mind is a wild place. Up here is an incredible factory. It's an amazing world. One of the most important points of the mind, one of the most important parts of intellect is discernment is the ability to differentiate between things, to notice what's good and what's bad, what's dark and what's light, what's day and what's night. One of the main parts of wisdom is to be able to differentiate, to tell friend from foe, to be able to figure out who's what and what's who. Very important capacity, who's what? What's what? Who's my friend? Who's my enemy? Who's good and who's bad? What's dark and what's light? It's interesting in the bracha for intellect, that first bracha we pray every day, we make havdalah. Well before you make the fancy havdalah with the nair, you make havdalah in prayers. And where do you make havdalah? None other... None other. Where do you make Havdalah altar? But in the bracha for Chaynein Adas, in that bracha that we ask for wisdom, Ezra, we thank Hashem. In that bracha that we thank and request wisdom, we speak about Havdalah. We make Havdalah on Maitzei Shabbos. You have differentiated. Ben Kodesh L'choyl. Between that which is holy and that which is vain. Bein or lechayshech, or light, and chayshech, darkness. Remember the bracha. Hanaisen laserbin laavchen bein yoyim valayla. In this bracha is between or and chayshech, Yisro laamim, a yid, and the nations of the world. Yoyim ashvi, Shabbos, and weekday. We speak about the ability to be mavchen, to differentiate. One of the most important gifts of the mind is that we have the power to friendship between good and bad. One of the best, best blessings of our life is you and I have the capacity to know what's good and what's bad. It's a great, great gift Hashem gifted us. The first bracha we make in this series of bracha is for the brain, the intellect. Even a rooster knows the difference in night and day. And carries on when the day comes. And certainly us more advanced brains and advanced minds that have much greater capacity than rooster, we can differentiate between night and day. We know what's true and what's right. It's one of the most important gifts of our life that we should think about, that we're blessed with a mind that knows what's true. We know when something's true, we know when something's not true. Tell you something interesting. I learned with a Chavrus in Eretz Yisrael, who I consider one of the most important people in my life. And I consider him, he taught me to trust my mind. Something every guy here has to learn. It may be the most important thing you learn in yeshiva. When you first will start loving learning is when you trust your mind. You know the biggest cash in Gemara? I'm Zaych, I started a Chavrus Ashaf with Shleimah. You know the biggest cash in Gemara that's possible in the world? It's the most sophisticated, intellectual, important question is, huh? That's like a bomb, Kasha. Huh? Huh? 
That's huge. Beautiful. Beautiful, huh? What? That's beautiful. That's like you're, you're trusting your brain. It doesn't make sense to me, and it's supposed to. Hashem handed us Torah, and it's supposed to make sense and supposed to be clear. Now, I'm supposed to take my mind and try to understand. And Hashem wants me to understand His Chachma in a way I can, in a way I can connect and relate to. The better you are at learning, the more you enjoy learning. Is when you understand. There are people who don't even believe it's supposed to be clear. They pretend. They fit in. They make sure they turn the page when the rest of the class does. But they don't actually care to decide. Is something, do I hear it? Does it resonate by me? Does it make sense by me? And if it doesn't, ask. Ha is the most important question when you learn. And we thank Hashem for the mind that's able to discern between light and day, good and bad, toivarah. And we thank Hashem for the remarkable mind that He handed us, that knows what's true, knows what's light and knows what's dark, knows what's night and knows what day. Such a gift of Hashem that all of us have the capacity to locate truth. It dings by us, it resonates by us the truth. We say, that's true, and we hear something not true. It resonates. This is not true. This is not true. And trust. Trust your inside. Trust it. Trust it. It resonates. What's true and what's not true. We have a tremendous... Nikarim, in the words of Chazal, Nikarim divrei emes. The truth is recognizable. The truth... It always... A beautiful Chazal tell us that a Talmud Chacham, normally you return a lost item to a person with simanim. With simanim. That's interesting. There's a talus here I want to tell you about. Let me see if I can find it quickly. I want to tell you about this talus. This talus is most probably mine, but it's the yeshiva's talus, and I'm not taking it now for a while. It's the yeshiva's talus. I think it's mine, but I don't know it's mine. I can't prove it, and it's official. I bought a new talus, Baruch my beautiful two talisim, but I have a tendency, a bad habit, to misplace things. And I misplaced my talus. Now, you can't just take it because you think it's yours. If you have something called tviyasayin, tviyasayin is you look at it, I have no semen, but I just know it's mine. You know, there's something about it, you recognize it. You can't give a semen. There's nothing unusual. If somebody never, ever lies, except when it's muttered a lie by three things, but other than that, they're honest, you actually can return something to them, not with a simon, but they look at it, you show them the baseball, they say, it's mine. You hand it to the Talmud Chacham. Because they are honest. If Rabbi Russ looks at, right, you find a baseball glove, you don't know who lost it. Rabbi Russ says, I lost the glove. Do you have a simon? Don't show it to anybody. You say, do you have a simon? Rabbi Russ says, I don't. To a Talmud Chacham could look at it, Rabbi Russ says, I recognize it as mine, you hand it to him. Without a simon. It's called Tfiyasayin. If I had Tfiyasayin this, I'm first not a Talmud Chacham. If I had Tfiyasayin, I don't have Tfiyasayin on this. I wish I did. I wish I could look at it. it like, it's probably mine, but I don't have Tfiyasayin. But if you had Tfiyasayin, it's a Shaila. It's, it's a Shaila for itself. But if you had to, now, I want to ask you the following Shaila, relevant to this Talus. Let's say you're not a Talmud Chacham. You're not a Talmud Chacham. But I don't. To you, my credentials, a guy comes, he's a Talmud Chacham. I recognize him, and you give it to him. Let's say I'm not a Talmud Chacham, so somebody doesn't have to return it to me, but I see it here myself. I don't need anybody's help. I say, it's mine, but I'm not a Talmud Chacham. Could I just take it? Tviyasayin, I recognize it as mine. I know I'm not lying. I don't need a proof to anybody. Now, he can't trust. Maybe I'm lying. But I know I'm not lying. Can I walk home with it? If you find something, a baseball glove, a talus, so a Talmud Chacham who never lies, say, I recognize mine, you hand it to him. Not a Talmud Chacham, you're not allowed to give it to him. It's mine. You're not allowed. How about if it's just on the bima? So I don't need your opinion on the matter. And I know I'm not lying, but I'm not a Talmud Chacham, and I recognize it. Could I bring it home? What do you say, Hebra? You know for sure? I know it's mine. 
Tvea sign. Tvea sign, I see it. I have no semver. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say? It's Machloikis, Rashi, and Taisvis in Gittin. Taisvis says yes. You recognize yours. Rashi says no. Rashi says that the Natamud Chacham, we're not worried you're lying. You don't know if it's yours. You don't have Tvi Asayin. You don't have Tvi Asayin since you've been dishonest. So you yourself don't know. Even You don't know. You've lost the sense of truth. So even though there's nobody approving it to, and you say it's yours, but you don't have to be assigned. Rashi and Gittin, amazing. Amazing Rashi and Gittin. There's certain things that you can just tell are yours. But we, fo- we fool ourselves. We fool ourselves. If it's something that's not worth a lie about, okay, if it's not mine, it's not I don't like grow. people doing things to me. I'm doing this for a reason. Viggy, can you please put it back on the beamer for me? Robert, what's all I'll call I just showed you. <laughs> but you don't have to say you don't have to be assigned, so. Mm. It doesn't make a difference. You know, I let it publicly state your affairs. What'd you say? There's certain things you just know, and there's no reason for you to lie about it. A baseball go, okay, it's not it's that amazing. Good, but don't forget to thank Hashem for it and don't forget to know it's true. When I'm, the first mind I wanted to say to the guys in thanking Hashem is sometimes you have great gifts and in thanking for it, you remember you have it. Trust your brain, trust your mind. You're able to discern truth and falsehood. If something doesn't sound true, don't believe it. And if something tr- sounds true, Hashem handed you a precious brain. We have the capacity to know truth. We have the capacity. We're all B'nai Torah. A person who lies doesn't have, but, if, but we have the capacity. I want to say there's bias. There are things that can come in the way, and it's true. But we all have that natural capacity. It's a gift we all have. Are there cases and cases we can't trust? Yes, so we gave a case that, but that etzem ability, tviya sayin, exists to every human being. A tzaddik can go so far that you have an aved and so much is at stake, etc. So a regular person can't tap into that. But I'm talking about a gift that we have. And we don't lose that gift so easily. Tviya sayin. That there's such a gift by us of recognizing truth is a gift we all have. Thank Hashem for it. Just the rooster himself, the dim-witted rooster, let alone you and I. And certainly if it means the brain. Hashem gives the capacity of havchana, of differentiating, of no night and day, good and bad. Very good gift. Know you have it and thank Hashem for it and then tap into it. That's my number one. I wanted to mime at you. My number two, I wanted to dig a little more gold. So we dug up some gold, I think very precious, beautiful bracha. Every morning, what a beautiful bracha. But then use it all day. Know that you have, when you learn, trust your svarah. Read a Pasuk Chomish and trust your svarah. When you read a Gemara, trust your view, your viewpoint, what the Gemara is saying. Trust, go into it, have your opinion, have your perspective. It's very important, your perspective. It's very true, your perspective. I'm sorry? To help bring out our perspective, to validate and encourage our perspective, and that of our friend too, and then to show us what to do when we both have different perspectives. That's bracha number one, beautiful bracha. Bracha number two, bracha number two. Bracha number two I want to talk about is paikeach ivrim, eyesight. The precious gift called eyes, but I don't want to talk about sight right now, even though that would be wonderful to talk about sight. I want to talk about the brach of Paikeach Ivrim. Blessed are you, Hashem, our God, Melech Oilam, Paikeach Ivrim, who gives sight to the blind man. I find that so fascinating that we call ourselves blind. I don't know about you, I, I do know about you. You're not blind, and I'm not blind. Paikeach Ivrim. Give sight to blind people. There's a line 
attributed to Churchill, but everything smart comes from the Torah, and it's a bracha that you passed by, and I passed by this morning. We just didn't, didn't dig for gold, and I want to discover. I want to admire the Blue Jay right now. There's a line he said, he saw a lame person Davey, walk by. He saw a cripple walk by, and he said, but for the grace of God, there goes I. But for the grace of God, there goes I. There's a silly sense that I'm from the walking club, I'm from the seeing club, and he's from a different club. We're the same guy, Hashem just handed me eyesight. There's a silly tendency to take things we have for granted. There's a silly tendency to have a Magiali attitude. It comes to me in sense of entitlement. And as Yidin, we're trained to value what we have in appreciating the gift. We are not from the seer's club, my friend. <coughs> Hashem took a blind guy and gave sight to it. So nice of Hashem. I don't know if you had this. One of our friends now is a toothache. Very painful. If your tooth ever hurts, you say to Hashem, anything but. Does any of your teeth hurt right now? Hello? Anything but right now. Thank Hashem. Appreciate it. Teeth, schmack. You're going to go eat supper, you're going to chew up your food. You need teeth for it. Reb Miller would yell at B'nai Torah. He didn't know how many teeth they have. He said, how do you thank Hashem? Say, thank you, Hashem, for X number of teeth. You have to recount when you're missing some, but okay. Thank Hashem. Thank Hashem. Ivrim. A blind person you gave sight. Me. And you. A blind person. Pekeach Ivrim. Blind person, you gave sight, but for your kindness, Hashem. I'm also, I'm not from the sightseers group. To a blind guy, you gave sight. Thank you, Hashem. The magnificent gift of, of sight. So many things that we have, if we would knock off the sense of entitlement and we would notice and appreciate, we'd walk around. We'd be very, we'd be so freilich, so excited by so many gifts that we have. And we're fortunate daily to say to Hashem, thank you for giving a blind guy like me sight. Poikeach Ivrim, that you give sight to the blind. What a beautiful expression. We have to like find Chachmas Agayim. Winston Churchill has to say it for us to notice a mind, a beautiful pearl, a blue jay that we pass by daily, that we say, Hashem, Poikeach Ivrim, you give sight to a blind guy. I'm not from a different club. I'm a non-seer who you just gave sight to. Amazing. Thank you, Hashem, for that gift of sight. When we minus the sense of entitlement, the expectation. Now, it's not easy. We have it for years. So somehow, like, you keep giving it to me. The analogy, all I could say is if somebody hands me a million dollars every day and I like, all of a sudden, one day, you're no longer just receiving, you're almost grabbing it. The cook serves us lunch every day. You're no longer just putting out your hands. You like you you pull it away in in expectation. <laughs> Our mom hands us fifty dollars every time we go back to school for two weeks. Back to yeshiva seinu After a certain while, we almost ripped the fifty dollars out of her hand. Hold steady. <laughs> Could we appreciate? See, I always get it, but we have to work. Of course, that's the challenge of life, that we always get it. He's so consistently kind to us. So can we not take it for granted? And we try, that's what we strive, and we say such a beautiful language. You gave a blind guy again sight. Could we be surprised again and excited again? Sometimes different things, different ways, we have different techniques of getting excited again by something that, we're, that we took for granted. But let's work on that. That's what just the bracha we say, that you sighted a blind guy, but for the grace of God, there goes I. Could we get excited again by sight, by seeing, by an amazing capacity to view and see and enjoy a world, a beautiful world? Could we get excited again by things, gifts that we get so often? I think there are ways to get excited. I think there are different opportunities in our own life. Sometimes it's by viewing a lame person and saying, but for the grace of God, there goes I. And there are all different other reasons that we can get excited by it, all different ways. It's interesting that we've gone through a period where many of us lost our taste and smell. I'll be honest, eggs is my favorite food in the world. It always was. I like eggs, a quirk, a weird food to like. And after Corona, I got it Pesach time, my wife and I, and then there's, there's, the, there's a funny thing that for months, I had different weird experience with eggs. I never connected it to that. 
And eggs started, my favorite food, my wife, I come home, she makes shakshuka, a wonderful egg dish. My wife makes shakshuka. I see the svarda amongst us there, it's Israel Dickers are the only one smiling. To the rest of you, you're missing out, sorry. But um, my wife makes shakshuka for supper. And she's like, I'm, I'm supposed to be fired up. And I taste it. And eggs are not bad, they're hideous. And I can eat anything. I have very poor taste buds. Spoiled milk, my wife gets, if I taste milk, it's delicious, Daniel, this is spoiled, this is like deeply rotten. I don't have such like sharp taste buds. Something's over-salted, under-salted, I don't taste so like finely. So things are geschmack. Eggs today are hideous, they could taste, I, and only somebody who's gone through it, some of the chevra might know, my son Maishi had it, he ate some eggs in Lake George and he vomited right before Tishvav, he threw up. I had the same eggs, they were hideous. I was looking around, everybody eating. I just felt better that everybody just has better midas than me. Guys were like smiling, eating, or well, being serious tishaba, but I thought they weren't crying over the eggs. But um, the eggs like were hideous. Mm. And I came here some mornings. It finally came to it. I could tell you, my wife and I leave eggs on our counter. We don't put them in the fridge. I started putting all the eggs in the fridge. The eggs of Connecticut have all gone bad. I was putting, I put our eggs in the fridge, I kid you not. My wife like went along with me and I have the eggs in the fridge now because all eggs in Connecticut are being spoiled. I came here one morning and I tried eggs again. I have a quirk that if I put something on my plate, I try to finish it. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky had very few rules in his house. Rav Shmuel said that one of the only rules that he was a very easygoing father is when you put food in, on your plate, you eat it all. I don't like this. In America, we get so much food, so people take mounds of stuff, and then they take a little and throw out the rest. I don't like that. It's not, there's something not, there's a lack of gratitude in that. There's something very not respectful, not appreciative. So I like, you put on your plate, you eat it. It's not such a hard job. I like eating anyway. So big deal. So it's a nice thing. You put it. So I take a portion of eggs. A bacher was eating with me, and I take a bite, and it was hideous. I look around, other guys are eating the eggs like comfortably. I don't understand it. So I put the eggs aside, which I don't like doing. I have a plate of eggs. Baruch said, I try to like douse it with ketchup, but it was like so powerful. Even ketchup couldn't conquer this one. Now, I'm a real eggs guy. I don't like ketchup on eggs, but these eggs needed ketchup. The bottom line is I went home and finally got honest with my wife. And I said, I think I have a deep problem. I said, maybe we should check up some illness. Eggs, I didn't know what... I didn't have, I never put two and two together. And then we looked up many, many people with Corona, two foods, eggs and chicken, people are struggling with months later, months. Now it's like 50-50. Sometimes it tastes perfect and sometimes, but it's not as bad. But it affects your taste. And I'm so appreciative, Hashem made delicious tastes. And it took losing it. Now, I thought I would never be able to eat eggs again. It was so hideous. I do say, Maishi made eggs one day and I tried. I was like afraid. And it was delicious and I liked it. I liked it. I was able to go back. But I'm much more appreciative. Taste buds. Hashem loves us. He gave us geschmack a taste. You eat something and it's delicious. So sometimes maybe we have to lose it to appreciate it. And maybe there are other ways that we can actually appreciate the gifts even that we get consistently. Does somebody have to not, maybe somebody consistently good to me, I don't appreciate it. Maybe I can actually work, even people are consistent. If my wife consistently good to me, I can't appreciate it. Maybe when you get married, tell her, don't always be good to me because I'm going to take you for granted. Or you want her to like be mean something? Should she protest and not do the laundry every week? Maybe a few nights a week supper, you should come home and there's nothing there. Should our cook go on strike? Will that be what it takes to appreciate that he, that he pours out daily? Good food? Maybe one day she just go on strike and no food. Then we'll see how everybody will come. Sorry, lunch isn't ready yet. What are, what's wrong with us? Let's even things we get consistently. Wouldn't it be cool if even if people, you have to only be good to me sometimes because if you're always good to me, then I'm just going to take you for granted? Pekeach Ivrim, we're a people that says, I know I am blind, and you've sighted a blind person. You've given sight to a blind guy. I'm not going to take it for granted. That's what we said this morning, and we'll say again tomorrow morning. Let's work on it, Chevron. Let's work on knowing that I'm just a blind guy, Hashem handed sight. <laughs> the, the excitement of that day, I promise he doesn't need anything else, the blind guy who got sight. 
all of us now, I remember there was a surgery. There's a surgery. I know people who got the surgery where they couldn't see well for years and they were gifted sight. They're fired up. They're passionate. They're on fire. I get something consistently. You know, you know somebody once played me like a tearjerker song of this empty nest syndrome, like a parent's married off their kids and the house is quiet. When my house is noisy and exciting, I can't appreciate a beautiful children. I need, to like, I need to marry them off and not have them to appreciate the gift, the kindliness of Hashem that He trusts us with neshamas. What's wrong with us? So I'm gifted every day I can't appreciate. I, have, I love, if you know me, I love the boring day of Waterbury, the grind. I love it. We'll talk about it a different day about that. I love the quiet. We're getting to that point, the winter, when we're just day in, day out, day in, day out. There are no interruptions. I love it. I love it. Quiet day. Just, just being around the guys. Just people talking, conversing, enjoying each other. There's something so deep and important. If it's every day, we can only appreciate the... We live, we live in a world like the dramatic, people get excited. And that which is true, and that which is good, and that which is comfortable, and that which is real, I can't appreciate, are only dramatic. We have to work on ourselves. A sightless guy got sight. There's something very, very cool going on. Because it happened every day, I can't appreciate I think we can. I say it's a challenge. This blessing, besides a thank you, Tashem, challenges us all. It challenges us to mean it. I think the bracha, say the bracha and consider yourself challenged. Could you appreciate the blessings that were always gifted? Could you appreciate that Hashem's crazy over us and trying to give us something worthwhile? Say pekech ivrim and feel yourself challenged. And then figure it out. What will work for you won't work for him, won't work for me, and we'll all have different tricks. But can we at least feel ourselves challenged? We're asked, our chazal were misakin daily to thank for eyesight. It's a problem. Eyesight? <laughs> and worried about all the different things in our mind. Like, did any of us get chizuk today? I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm the answer, no, by me. Did any of us now? I'm getting a little. Did any of us, like, gain some chizuk, like our eyes could see? Our teeth work gishmak? Did anybody get any chizuk today from that? Or I'm just like so frustrated that my mom didn't send those $14 so I can buy some. <laughs> Did any of us so consider ourselves challenged from this beautiful bracha? I said it this morning. I was, there was a takon of chazal to say it. Consider ourselves challenged. How can, and, and let's figure out ways that I can appreciate gifts that I get a lot. Because I think it would be kind of silly to announce to myself, gifts, I, if you consistently are nice to me, I won't appreciate you. How sad is that? <laughs> okay, so we have to stop and pause and think and realize, okay, but it's a consistent gift. I'm going to appreciate it. You can give me a gift consistently. I'll appreciate it anyway. <laughs> One day you're married. You might want to tell your wife, in the Yichud room, don't be consistently nice to me. I'm a guy. If you consistently, I'm going to take you for granted. How sorry is that? Maybe you can tell her, even if you're consistently nice to me, I'll appreciate it. That's a, that's a, that's a live person. Let's turn to Hashem. Continue to consistent, consistently be nice. I'm going to appreciate it. Keep it coming. David Amelch, this is an age-old question. You're not new if you struggle with this. You're not new. David Amelch says, Amarti Bishalvi, I say in tranquil times, I don't need you, Hashem. When things are good, it's a struggle, I admit it. And things are consistent and steady. Histarta Panech, Hashem hides from it. They're like, ah, Hashem. So it's an old problem. Don't feel you're so, don't feel badly about yourself. But at least let's consider ourselves challenged. Let's come up with methods, with ways, with ideas. Let's, let's come up with ways of meaning what we say in the morning. So I say to us, let's consider ourselves challenged. Let's once in a while stop and say, Hashem, that gift, I know you always give it to me. I appreciate it. Could we, like, let's do it. Let's do it here. Let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. Could we say to Hashem, I know you always say it. We forget to mean what we say. We forget to talk in English. Tomorrow morning, maybe when you say pekech every morning, don't do it tomorrow. Nobody likes to be told. Can you do it one day in a week or two in a month? Say in English, besides Nebu, I know you always give me sight, God. I know you've given it to me for many, many years. You know, even though you consistently give it, I actually appreciate it. <laughs>
<laughs> Just to say it, you think about it, it's like, wow, it's pretty cool. There's so many things we get consistently. I still appreciate it. It's nice. It's geschmack. It's, it's enjoyable. I appreciate it a lot. So that's the bracha pekechifim. Third gold mine, third blue jay, if you'll allow me. The third blue jay I would like to share is we say to Hashem, Baruch Hashem, after thanking for many things, I thanked for my intellect, I thanked for my mission, mitzvahs, I thanked for my eyesight, I thanked for my clothing, I thanked for my ability to walk, I thanked for many things. I turn and I say to Hashem, you've done all my needs. And I mean, I have a weird habit. Revezi one year Purim imitated. I have a lot of quirks, we all do. And one of my quirks, I take off my shoes often. A weird quirk. And Revezi did a Purim spiel. He made me very aware that I take off my shoes often. <laughs> I appreciate that. And Lemaisa, shoes, and Shasali called Sarki, explained the Mepharshim, he do all my needs, he gave me shoes. So interesting, that's called all my needs. Welcome home, Mazel Tov Niki. You gave me all my needs. Shasali called Sarki, you've done all my needs. Shoes. What is it about shoes that that's called you've done all my needs? I know guys in yeshiva who can't stand wearing shoes. I myself take them off a lot. So like, you did all my needs. Shoes. The Mepharshim says, Shasali called Sarki refers to shoes. What is it about these shoes that are Asali called Sarki? So some will understand that it means like down to the shoes. The shoes are like the last. Even though it surprises me, my wife, when my shoes get too old, orders a new pair of shoes. And I always surprise me, like little shoes on the bottom of your feet do affect the look. A guy wears a nice pair of shoes. It does affect, surprisingly, that shoes does affect. A guy puts on a good boss. Give me a guy in yeshiva who wears nice shoes. What? Look at these, look at these. Where's Shmuel he has nice shoes. A nice pair of shoes. It's, it's surprising. Look at Nechem, you watch Shlomi. Nechem is a well-dressed guy like that. A nice pair of shoes. It does. It's surprising, Martha. It always surprises me. My shoes, are, I'm thinking to my, okay, who cares? And then you get a nice spanking pair of shoes and you look a little, a little more dignified. So shoes, surprisingly, do matter. I still don't know why. They're like so low down. Who's looking there? But I, I see Iron Metz as much as Geschmack. He puts on a nice pair of shoes. Shoes do matter. I don't know why. I haven't figured it out. So Shasali called Sarki. You've done all my needs. A beautiful pair of shoes. But what is it about shoes? So I just, I want to say, I want to say one point. That's brought already. It's brought, it's not, it's not an own point. But we wrap leather around our feet. Represents man's shlita over the world. That we take an animal hide and we wrap it around our feet and step on it and use it to protect our feet. Mm-hmm. Represents man's power over the world. On Yom Kippur, we don't wear shoes. Is the pshat Hashem's in charge? We don't want to express our 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 in charge of the world, but shoes very powerfully represent that you wrap hides around your feet. Represent that the whole world, animals, the next strongest thing in the world to human beings, the next most powerful creation to human beings, and you take the skin of animals. They're a chai. They're not a daimim. That they're alive. They're animals running around with wants with needs, animals. And you take their skin, some of the strongest animals, and you wrap it around your feet, represents man's power and control over the world. And that the world was made for a human being. Sha'asali called Sarki, you've done all my needs. You've made a whole world that's meant to be Mishares, to serve a man. And the wearing shoes represents, on two days we don't wear shoes, on Tisha B'Av, we, we are very, very broken and hurt, we're not feeling powerful, we don't wear shoes, and Yom Kippur, when we're acknowledging the one who's all-powerful and gave us all, we don't wear shoes on those two days, for really two different reasons. But shoes, the shoes that we take for granted, that maybe I slip on and off, but each time we put them back on, maybe we could think a little bit sometimes. Sha'asali called Tzarki, you made a beautiful world for the shemush, for the usage of men. You made a beautiful world at my disposal, at my disposal. 
delicious foods, wonderful items, all different beautiful world that's meant to serve a human being. That's literally meant to give to human beings, to give us yeshivadas, a tranquility, good tastes, all different good items you've built in a world for our benefit, and you've given me in charge of it. You've handed it all for me. Bishvili nivraylam. Shasali called sarki, specifically with shoes that we wrap an animal hide around our feet. We're so powerful and Hashem so important. And Hashem for me, not for us. Don't even say Shasali. I like in this bracha, and I'm fascinated. This is a bracha, it's a bacher once spoke on a Shabbos. We had an alumni Shabbos. And he asked about the Lee. Shasa called Sarki. Who done Sarki means my needs. Shasa Shemed called Sarki, all my needs. He said the Lee is totally extra. Shasa Lee called Sarki. Made for me all my needs. There's an extra Lee. The Lee Sarki means, it should say Shasa Lee called Sarki. He did all my needs. Sha'asa li, the li is redundant. As I've asked this kasha redundantly. But Sha'asa li called Sarki, a bachrias, the beautiful kasha. Aaron, you like that kasha? It is tata. Anybody could think about this question. The li is extra. And I just was thinking that the way we're learning Pshat and the Bracha, Davi, that Hashem made the world for me, not for us, for me for me, and so much beauty and so many gifts for me, that extra Lee, Shem made Lee, and the Hadgasha, the redundant Lee, Mayor, you mask him to the extra Lee, that it was done not for us, but for me. Shem made a beautiful one, that put on your shoes, and he wants me, that all this powerful, all this beautiful, this developed world that I've made, Sha'asa Lee called I want you to be the boss of it. I want you to own it. I want you to enjoy it. So that, in putting on our shoes and thinking about the topic of shoes, of the shlita, the power of man over the whole bria, over the whole nature, Sha'asa Lee called that was the third blue jay I wanted to share with the Chavra today. And then to the final blue jay for today. The final, I'm sorry? Isn't that nice? I, I found that moving. The final one. I just, I think that we pray so much and we pass by gold mines and we're just so tired and busy and overwhelmed that we might pass by one of fourth one. <laughs> Tell you an interesting story. There's a big tzaddik who I once heard, I had the opportunity to go hear him speak. And he described as he was becoming from a prayer he made to Hashem, his own unique prayer. And he told us about a prayer and the prayer like was very striking to me. And he made his own prayer. It was very like striking to me, the sophisticated nature of the way he prayed, the way he talked to Hashem. I was very moved by his prayer. Prayer is potent. I'll tell you a story from Rav David Feinstein that I heard last night in a eulogy about Rav David. Somebody was telling Rav David that the uh, Boston, a Rebbe, was a Balmaifis, was a miracle worker. Somebody was deathly ill. The Boston, a Rebbe, Davin, and the guy got better. And Reb David, who was very laid back, got upset. And said, stop calling it a miracle. Prayer works. He got upset that somebody called it a Maifis, a miracle. He said, it's not a miracle, it's prayer. It's not a miracle, it's prayer. Kedushin happens to be, maybe once we'll learn it. He says that something that comes through a prayer is not a miracle. A miracle takes away merits. If you get a miracle, it's menak ezchuyos. The Marsha says if it comes through prayer, it doesn't minus. Ein zenes, it's not a nes. It's a Marsha. But Reb David Feinstein, it's a Marsha and Kedushin, it's our Masechta. But Reb David yelled, was upset at somebody for saying that the Boston Reb was a Baal Moifis. He said he prayed, prayer works. It works. Stop. He was upset that the person called it a miracle. You pray and it works. You pray and it works. Prayer is very effective. Prayer is very effective. Prayer is powerful and effective. Something recently happened. I said to my wife, I can't believe it. She said, I prayed. (laughs) She gave me the whistle. I prayed. What What are you getting? So I can't believe it. I prayed. I prayed. Prayer works. Prayer works. Plain and simple. Funny, funny world. Prayer works. Important, important. So this guy, this Sadik, was describing a prayer that he wrote, a sophisticated prayer that he made up. And he would talk to Hashem. One of the things that struck me is he prayed to Hashem with assistance from his bad desires. 
He has desires that try like, like we all do, Yetzirah. He has desires. We have a force in us that seeks our destruction, tries to self-hurt. And he prayed, he made a whole prayer that Hashem should not let him go after destructive behaviors. He had a beautiful, very beautiful prayer that Hashem should not let him go after destructive behaviors. I was so moved by that prayer. I was like taken, wow! Like the reality that we have destructive forces, that even that he's so honest with himself that we have like a part of us that just seeks to hurt ourselves like this. What's this, an English word when somebody like looks to hurt them? So what's an English word when you're like fighting yourself? What? Mascus is hurting oneself. There's a word when you like undermine yourself. There's a, there's a word I'm thinking of when a person like looks to undermine or just doesn't accept success. But we all have behaviors that we're pulled towards. Well, you say sabotage, self-sabotage. That was the word, Yankov. Thank you. Welcome home, Yankov. Self-sabotage. When a person, for whatever strange reasons, tries to sabotage their own successes, we all can relate. It's called Yetzirah. We have a tendency to self-sabotage. Good behaviors, good ideas, good life, healthy living. So he made a beautiful prayer that he shouldn't sabotage his successes. Beautiful prayer. It's interesting that sometimes it takes, after that, I don't remember how much after, I'm like, Chazal have a prayer that all of us say daily. I just, we pass it. It's such a beautiful prayer. Chazal said it. Like I needed some guy became from and made a prayer. Chazal did Anshek Nesagdeil. Every morning at the end of Brachos, we say to Hashem, Hashem, please don't let the Yetzirah rule over me. I ask you, Hashem, I have this foe who tries to get me to make mistakes, and we daven to Hashem, Please, Hashem, don't, don't, don't let the Yetzirah rule over me. Please keep me away from bad friends. From bad people and bad friends. Let me grab on to that force inside of me that encourages good deeds. Could you force my Yetzirah to subserve to me? Let him work for me. And that's a long conversation I won't have right now. What does it mean work for me? Just tell him to be quiet and to, to run away. Fascinatingly, I don't ask for the dismissal of the Yetzirah. Just I ask if he can please work for me. Now you have to ask yourself since when is the Yetzirah working for you? And I don't want to talk about that right now. That chayfes Yitzreinu. Pressure our Yetzirah l'shtabedlach. Please let my Yetzirah work for me is fascinating. I would say please let the Yetzirah knock it off. Still his voice. We don't ask that. We ask, let him, let him work for me. Let him be my employee. I'm actually pretty impressed with this Yetzirah. The Chavetz Chaim once was lying in bed. He was 90. And he used to get up like 4 in the morning to learn. And as Yetzirah said to him, Chavetz Chaim, you're 90 years old. You've done boom, 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 boom. And it said, maybe lie in bed till 5. Wait another hour. You're an old man who's done a lot. You deserve one more hour of sleep. The Chavetz Chaim said to his Yetzirah, he said, Yetzirah, I actually was thinking about doing that. I really was. I'm an old man. I've done a lot. I'm a little more, you know, I don't have the same energy I had when I was young. He said, but I'm inspired by you. You're also old. You've been with me since I'm a kid and you're still working so hard. So from, you're working so hard, I'm also going to keep at it in old age. <laughs> the Chavetz Chaim smartly said to his Yetzirah, said, I'm so, I'm moved by you. You continue to work hard in old age. I'm going to match you. And the Chavetz Chaim got up. But it's interesting that we say to the Yetzirah, that we say to Hashem, please force our Yetzirah to be Meshubit to you, Hashem. To somehow, we want our Yetzirah to do a better job, to be Meshubit to Hashem. But this, this idea, Rabbi say that we pray for assistance against our Yetzirah is very powerful. We pass by it too fast too sleepy, it's a gold mine. We pass by a prayer that we ask Hashem. The Gemara Kedushin, our Masechda, we have a line, without assistance from Hashem, we can't defeat the Yetzirah. We need prayer. We all developed, we spoke yesterday, like self-awareness and battle plans for fighting in Ruchnius. 
Reb Chaim Brim told me many, many times I heard him say, I say he told me, it sounds horny, like I had a one-on-one audience. I didn't. I was freaked out. But I was part of a group and heard share from him. And he told us, Reb Chaim Brim, many times that the Iker prayers of great people are for assistance in Ruchnius. We have many battle plans to fight the Yitzhara. Use prayer. Use prayer. Each for our own things. I get angry. Hashem, help me not get angry on the basketball court. Hashem, I tend to say something not nice to my sister. Help me out in detail. Tell Hashem about it. Prayer is powerful. He said the main prayers of Chaim Brim told us of great people with a ruchniyastik of things. And every morning we have this beautiful prayer that we ask Hashem, I'll I don't want to be in the hands of the Yetzirah. Don't let him own me. Don't let him own me. Help me out, Hashem. Beautiful prayer. If we but... Let's be awake for it. Let's notice it. And let's, let's pray. Let's pray hard. Don't let the Yetzirah control us. Help me out. And maybe we can even have specific instances of mind and cases. And pray accordingly, Hashem. In all our battles, Hashem, without Hashem's help, we can't defeat Him. He's an angel. We are human. Without assistance from above, we can't beat Him. Pray for it. I'm always fascinated, Goyim, who designed the 12 steps, intelligent people who aren't zeichet to our Torah, aren't zeichet to the gifts we have, they just analyzed, and one of the only methods, not one of the only, the only, the 12 steps are not like a religious item. Somebody's trapped in different behaviors, and one of the answers is prayers, learn to pray. Learn to pray. It's a necessity prayer. Hashem, without assistance from above, we can't be to pray. Pray to Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Please help me. Assist me in this great struggle. I'm battling with a specific Yetzirah. And pray to Hashem for assistance. Force our Yetzirah to be Meshubah to you. Let it help me out that he shouldn't fight me, but in my want... To be loyal to you, my Yetzirah should be loyal as well. Don't let the Yetzirah control me. He's dominating me, pushing me around, making me do many things I don't want to do. Don't let him control me. What a beautiful prayer that we've said. Maybe like daily, we come in the afternoon, we learn a lot of beautiful things. I found it appropriate today. Maybe we were too tired this morning to notice, but maybe if we like see the Blue Jay, tomorrow we pass by, we know he's there, we'll call him out and enjoy him. He was put for our delight. So I wanted to share a few beautiful sights and scenes that we passed by this morning. Maybe other days we'll go through some other sights and scenes that we passed by, but better yet, when we drive by ourselves, let's drive by with the Yishev Adas to notice all these delightful things that Hashem put there for us to gain from and to grow from. Thank you.